0: The following program is presented by the National Committee on United States-China Relations, www.ncuscr.org.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another in the National Committee's series of conference calls on breaking issues in China and in U.S.-China relations. We are, of course, grateful to the Star Foundation for funding these events. The five-day Bo Xilai trial that ended on Monday... Was, I think we all agree, the most important trial in China since the trial of the Gang of Four 33 years ago. What does it tell us about China, and what does it mean for the Chinese leadership? Is this the last we will hear about this former Politburo member? What does it mean for law and law reform in China? These are just some of the questions we're going to talk about today. We are thrilled to have with us two of America's leading authorities on these subjects. Dr. Chung Lee is the Senior Fellow and Director of Research at the Brookings Institution's John Thornton Center on China. As I always say when I introduce Chung Lee, whenever I go to meet a Chinese leader whom I don't know, I call Chung because he is the expert's expert on the Chinese leadership. We also have one of America's leading authorities on Chinese law, Ira Belcom. After years at the Embassy and Ford Foundation in Beijing, working on law and rights issues, NYU and we at the National Committee are lucky to have Ira with us now in New York City. I am pleased that he will be joining our Rule of Law Dialogue with the China Foundation for human rights development here in New York in about two weeks. So what we're going to do today is start with Chung, who will go on for about eight minutes talking about the political side of these events, and then move over to Ira, who will talk about the legal side. The three of us will then have a brief conversation, and then we'll open the floor to questions. So Chung, let me turn it over to you. And thanks for doing this both uh, Chung and Ira.
2: Thank you, Steve, for that uh, kind of word and also for initiating and moderating this conference call. I'm honored to speak to this distinguished group and to speak alongside Professor Ira Belkin. Now, my assignment for the next eight minutes is to discuss the political implications of the Bo Xilai trial. Like any major event in history, the real implications will not be known until the whole event has unfolded. We will hear the verdict anytime within the next two weeks and the Bo Xilai will most likely appeal, which may extend the case for another month. Now, of course, the Bo Xilai crisis means different things to different stakeholders. It is worthwhile to assess the positions of these different groups following the Bo Xilai trial. I will focus on four stakeholders, namely, number one, the Chinese leadership, number two, the Chinese public, including two groups of influential public intellectuals, the so-called new left and the liberal intellectuals. Number three, Bo Xilai himself, and the number four, foreign business groups who invest in China. First, the Chinese leadership. On the eve of the Bo Xilai trial, the Chinese leadership faced two major dilemmas. The first was whether the trial should be open or closed to the public. If left open, Bo Xilai might say something very damaging to individual leaders or to the leadership as a whole. If it had been closed to the public, it would be an embarrassment, inviting uh, comparisons with the trial of Gen. 4 over 33 years ago, as uh, Steve just mentioned, when there was uh, extensive TV coverage. It would be completely unacceptable to keep the trial closed while claiming it to uh, to be fair. The second dilemma was how much evidence and information the leadership should release during the trial. Strong evidence was embolden another wave of criticism of the Chinese political system that allowed such terrible things to occur in the first place, whereas the weak evidence would leave many viewing Bo Xilai as the unlucky scapegoat of internal uh, 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 intra-party inviting. The leadership adopted two strategies to resolve these two dilemmas. First, it launched a new social media platform on Wave to disseminated details of the court proceedings. But at the same time, the leadership still controlled what would be released to the public, censoring anything deemed to be inappropriate. It was a brilliant idea, in my view. It dampened any criticism over trial con- uh, transparency. The second strategy adopted by the leadership was to focus on forced corruption, bribery, and abuse of power in his wife's murder case while dropping more sensational and more severe charges that were made when Bo Xilai was arrested last September, including obstruction of justice, womanizing, and the possible other criminal activities, Now, this strategy aimed to, one, frame Bo- that Bo Xilai's wrongdoing was extraordinary, and two, reduce Bo Xilai's charge in exchange for his cooperation at the trial. Successful as the strategy was, it has a flaw. Bo Xilai was not famous for his financial greed, but for his lust for political power. Many liberal intellectuals hate Bo Xilai not for abusing his power in his wife's murder case, but for abusing his power throughout his career, recalling in particular the horrible stories of human rights violations during his so-called anti-mafia campaign in Chongqing. Now, this leads me to the second group of stakeholders. What does the trial mean for the public, especially the new left and liberal intellectuals? Despite the general positive reaction to the openness of the proceedings and the legal professionalism evident throughout the trial, one cannot say that the Chinese public has gained uplifting confidence in the system. The trial seemed to confirm the new left intellectuals' argument. That Bo Xilai was a wrong person to be charged for corruption, especially after day one of the trial when the prosecution had a difficulty, uh, presenting the case that Bo Xilai received a bribery of 30,000 US dollars or 80,000 US dollars. Now this was very ironic in a country where many local officials have been caught taking millions or even hundreds of millions of dollars in bribes. In fact, the court did not present any corruption charges against Borchilai dating within the past eight to nine years. On the other hand, in the minds of the liberal intellectuals, Borchilai should be, have been charged for far more severe crimes, including possible collaboration in the murder of a British businessman, Neil Hayward. Now, for the general public, in my observation, they might go along with the government's strategy as what they dislike most its official corruption, and the Bo Xilai was by no means clean in this regard. The general public does not have uh, very much high expectation of the leaders, and what interests them the most is their own economic well-being, not justice in the Bo Xilai case. The Bo Xilai scandal is nothing more than a Chinese soap opera, not outrageous enough to incite street protests. So in that regard, uh, the leadership did a good job. Now, very, you know, very, uh, quickly about the implication for Bo Xilai. Did he do well in court? Yes, especially on the first day when he refused each of the charges presented by the prosecution. Did he emerge as a spiritual leader for the Maoist movement? No. Who would, who would be inspired by someone who publicly blamed everything on others and says nasty things about his wife and the former close confidant? The trial transformed Bo Xilai from a charismatic leader into any ordinary person, and but this ordinary person was also very confused and a self-indulgent person. Does Bo Xilai have any chance to be a political figure in the country in the future? The chance is zero, in my view. But it is important to note that Bo Xilai sought to seize the moment to gamble for his political career in deciding to deny all of the charges. Now, finally, What does all of this mean for foreign business groups in China? Most of our audience are from business uh, groups. Now, I want to emphasize two points. One is confidence, confidence in China, and the other is the close linkage between economics and politics. Bo Xilai drama has marked the most serious political crisis since the 1989 Tiananmen incident. But in sharp contrast with Tiananmen, China's economy and society, have hardly been disrupted. This reflects the ma- maturity of the Chinese society and the strength of the, the, the country as a whole. Forces that now play an important role in society simply did not exist in 1989, including entrepreneurs, the middle class, commercial, commercialized media. China's legal profession, which was very weak in 1989, has now become an important interest group in Chinese society. 200,000 registered lawyers now have a voice, and uh, many of them are calling for the rule of law and constitutionalism, a call that has grown louder in the wake of the Bo Xilai crisis. Now, this suggests that we, as a foreign observer, should pay more attention to social forces, societal forces, and develop a better understanding of political dynamics in China. With the conclusion of the Bo Xilai trial, the leadership wants to focus on economic uh, growth, and the bolder and the liberal economic reform policy has started to emerge on the eve of the third platinum of the 18th Party Congress scheduled in November. They just made this announcement uh, yesterday. The Chinese public holds very high expectations for this new policy. Once again, the Chinese government wants to use sound and popular economic policies to prevent further political challenges from various forces in society. It's success or failure can also tell the impact of like crisis. Thank you very much.
1: Chung perfect, and uh, you stayed right at the time limit, I had set. Impressive. <laughs> A lot of thank content you. packed in. Ira, let me turn it over to you.
3: Okay. Uh, Steve, I want to thank you for uh, and the National Committee for organizing this event and inviting me to speak. And uh, also I want to thank all the distinguished uh, listeners and participants for calling in. Um, and I'm, I'm very honored to share this uh, discussion and participate with Dr. Tung who who uh, I'm a great admirer of. Um, I, I want to say there's um, been so much written about this case in the last few days uh, and so many uh, predictions and discussions about what are the implications. Uh, but I want to just talk for a second about the trial itself and, and why is it, Captured our attention so much. Um, in, in a sense, the trial has been a huge spectacle. Uh, part of the uh, reason it's a spectacle is because it, it occurred, I think, in a way that, or unfolded in a way that uh, almost no one expected. Um, most of these cases uh, seem to be relatively staged affairs. I mean, we recently had the trial of uh, the, the Minister of Railways, who as in many of these cases just came in acknowledged his guilt was uh sentenced um and the case made a splash in on the chinese internet and among people who were paying attention but didn't have anything uh like the splash this case has made and i think a lot of people expected that bolshi lai would go the same way uh but there are several things that distinguish this case from all of the other cases is uh uh probably it leading back to the trial of the Gang of of Four. So, um, you know, there's three things that distinguish it, I would say, is one, uh, what's been referred to as transparency, the fact that the trial transcript or portions of the trial transcript were posted on Weibo so that everyone could follow uh, some of what was going on in the trial. And uh, many people, uh, not just government media, but uh, other commentators and observers have, um, praise the government for being so transparent. Now, of course, the transparency is quite limited. Um, much of the trans, some of the transcripts appear to have been selectively posted and not completely posted. And also, much of the evidence in a Chinese trial is not in the form of testimony, but rather in the form of witness statements and documents. And not all of those were uh, read into the transcript and released on Weibo. So there's a great deal of evidence. We were told 90 volumes. Uh, that's part of the case, and we only. Uh, were allowed to see a portion of it. But the fact that we were allowed to see so much is still different than the way it's gone in other trials. The second striking feature of the case that's different from almost every other trial is uh, how many witnesses appeared in court and were subject to cross-examination. Uh, I think previous studies have shown that witnesses appear in less than 5% of Chinese trials. So, uh, and, and these were, you know, uh, Wang Li-chun appeared um, uh, other major witnesses appeared, but Bo Xilai got to confront his accusers uh, at trial and cross-examine them, and that's almost unheard of um, in Chinese trials. So that was, that's the second factor that distinguishes this case. And then, of course, the feisty defense that Bo Xilai himself put on. Uh, in most cases, defendants admit to the charges and throw themselves on the mercy of the court, and Bo Xilai put on a very spirited Defense challenging the credibility of virtually every witness against him and the evidence presented by the prosecutors, um, and did a very credible job in his cross examination of witnesses. So, for those reasons, the case was a spectacle, but then the facts of the case itself, uh, also contributed to that atmosphere because of the human drama involved, the fall from grace of a very high official, um, uh, You know, Bo is known nationally and internationally, uh, both because of his charismatic personality and because of his heritage as a so-called red princeling, the son of Boy Yibo, one of the uh, founding fathers of the People's Republic, commonly referred to as one of the eight immortals. And it was clear from his testimony that he has led a very privileged life. And when someone from that high position falls from grace, that also contributes to the interest in the case and the spectacle of course, there were a lot of sordid details about extramarital affairs and sex and, um, and uh, an illicit relationship between Bo's former right-hand man, Wang Li-chun, and his wife, uh, Ku kai um, So that also contributed to it. And then there was a murder case, although Bo Xie-lai himself was not charged with murder. He was charged with um, abuse of power in covering up the murder, uh, which his wife has been convicted of, a, of a foreigner, British businessman, Neil Haywood. And then you have kind of what I would call the lifestyle of the rich and famous in China. Uh, owning a villa in the south of France, having a private jet, taking his son on a trip to Africa, um, the other expensive things that were talked about that is just uh, foreign to most to the lives of most people in China, and having a window into that uh, also contributed to the atmosphere. Uh, and then the trip by Wang Lijun to the U.S. consulate, which really is the thing that triggered this whole case. Um, so all of these contributed to this atmosphere and I think made the case, which is important, but made it seem almost larger than life. Now many of us who follow um, China uh, politics and legal reform were also looking at the case very closely to try to see if there, what we could learn about uh, the future direction of political and legal reform in China. And uh, so we were asking questions like, does this increased transparency mean that uh, all future trials will be more transparent. Does the fact that uh, Bo Xilai was able to cross-examine witnesses uh, mean that other defendants will also be able to demand the opportunity to cross-examine witnesses? Something that uh, Chinese law permits but does not require. And uh, what does the, the Bo Xilai trial mean for the political struggles that have surfaced recently, which with, with, uh, Cheng Li talked about? And in looking at the case, we also, uh, as Cheng Li ta- discussed. I have to look at what was not part of the trial, that none of Boshi conduct uh, of the anti-mafia movement in Chongqing, uh, all of the allegations of human rights violations, none of that was even discussed or brought up during the trial. Um, and, of course, there were um, earlier allegations in the media about a much greater scope of corruption. But the charges were actually quite limited. Um, so, you know, what does all this mean now that the trial uh, is over? What can we take away from this? Well, I think from the way the Chinese press has portrayed the case, uh, they would like us to have a uh, takeaway from this is three points. One, that the trial shows no one is above the law. Uh, two, that China's made progress in the rule of law and transparency. And three, that corruption will not be tolerated. But I'm not certain that people who watch the trial will, will draw those conclusions. Uh, certainly, the, the case against Bo Xilai was quite special, um, while many people have speculated about whether uh, Bo Xilai was sacrificed in a political struggle, we go back to how the case started, which was with Wang Nijun uh, entering the U.S. consulate in Chengdu. And from that point on, it just seemed like there would be no way uh, for this not to unravel. And uh, so I'm not sure uh, about the political struggle part of that. Um, don't think that this case signals uh, in and of itself a departure from the way criminal trials will be handled. Um, Bo Xilai is a special case. Uh, we don't know the reasons why uh, this case was handled this way with uh, transcripts released on Weibo, uh, why witnesses were allowed to testify, but I doubt that it was an intent to signal that Chinese criminal trials will be handled a different way. On the other hand, uh Everyone in the country is taking note. Certainly the uh, legal community is taking note. And uh, it would not be unreasonable to expect that in future trials, defendants and lawyers will say, why can't I have the same rights that Blushelie had? Uh, why can't I insist that my accusers come to court and be subject to cross-examination? And how courts will handle that? Well, the Boschilai case may embolden some courts and may give them more confidence to require witnesses to come to court. Um, but again I think as as Chung Lee said the true implications really won't be known uh, for some period of time Uh, it has been fascinating to watch this um, and I'm looking forward to seeing the the judgment from the court I'm hoping that as in other high profile cases the court will write a detailed opinion uh, explaining its reasoning whatever the outcome is Um, and uh, those are my introductory comments. I look forward to your comments and questions.
1: Ira, terrific, but perfect intro the um what do we know? in other words, there were people sitting in the courtroom, some who were obviously on Borshi Lai's side. What do we know from them that was not put out over Weibo so what 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 was occurring in the courtroom that the authorities decided? Not to put out to the public. Do we have specifics on that? And when, I assume someday, somebody, there will be an actual transcript of the entire, um, trial. And do you speculate, I mean, that will either come out, somebody recorded it, or somebody leaks it, it will, you know, that will probably be in the next few months. But what do we know right now is what happened and we didn't get told by the well, authorities?
2: Do you want me to answer this question first? Yes,
1: first. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, uh, so far we do not have uh, much evidence that they really delete some of the sensational stuff. We do know that the the will change in two places, but these are largely for the technical errors. And uh, certainly the chemistry uh, in the court, uh, some kind of body language, which is also very very important, we cannot not uh, know uh, at the moment. And also, this is not verified, but it's widely circulated in the Chinese uh, uh, social media, is that the five people who attended the the uh, the, the trial, the Bo Xilai family members, including two of his brothers, and um, and also that uh, his elder son, uh, Brandon Lee, they actually stood up after the the Bo Xilai's closing remarks, saying that uh, uh, you did the excellent job. here, you know. I think that, uh, again, uh, this is uh, not verified, but this kind of thing uh, I think we will hear more because uh, 100, over 100 people, and uh, despite the fact that they may sign some agreement for confidentiality, sooner or later they will leak some of the information. But we do not uh, see kind of a very sensational things that Borchilek said, and, uh, but just deleted, And uh, so that also reflects the, the, the possible deal made by, between the leadership and Bo Xilai, and earlier I mentioned that the drop the charge from previous six to three is a clear indication they want to reduce the charge. So in return, Bo Xilai should cooperate. So this may reflect that. And also Bo Xilai calculated very, very clearly, although he denied some of his confession in the first day, but he did not completely uh break the deal by condemning uh, uh individual leaders or some of other things. So I think largely he followed that. He played very, very carefully. Uh, This is uh, my uh, 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 comment for your question.
3: Ira? Well, Steve, I wish I had access to some of those people who were in the court. Folks I've talked to are um, friends who are foreign journalists, and they were kept out of the court. The only journalists allowed in the court were the um, uh, official um, representatives of official press. So I don't have any... Access to that information, I haven't seen anything online uh, discussing that yet, but,
1: but you say there were ninety volumes of
3: evidence uh, that was referred to several times. Um am I right about that? That's
2: right, that's uh, correct. It's the ninety volumes, and Porsche uh, said that how much of these ninety volumes to do with me? They are all most of this, uh, say stuff uh, nothing to do with me. And uh, so that's uh, the, where the ninety volume come from. And he repeatedly said that.
1: Yeah, so the, and was he was given access to those, or he said he was given access to those volumes.
2: No, no, no. He probably accessed uh, 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 some of them. But uh, the prosecution mentioned that the, uh a ninety volume, whether in this trial or before they talked to Bo But Bo referred to it as the fact that the ninety volumes is evidence. He said. Uh, you know, this is the only very trivial part of that to do with my case. Nothing to do with me. He repeatedly said, you almost know, every day.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Right, and uh, under the current Chinese law, which went into effect in January, he had a right to have access to the file. Whether or not he ever was given complete access or looked at all 90 volumes, that didn't come out in what I've seen so far. But uh, as Chung said, he, re- he referred to it quite a few times. Uh, And I think also we have to understand that in a Chinese trial, there are uh, everything that goes into that file is part of the case. So there are witness statements that may not have come out in the transcript or other pieces of evidence that are important that
1: we don't know about yet. What happened? Why was Boa handling the cross examination rather than his lawyers? And that's interesting. His lawyers kind of disappeared. I mean, they were there. I, I, you didn't hear much reference to that. Well, the
3: lawyers did conduct some of the cross examination, but he certainly took the lead and got the most attention. You know, in a Chinese trial, very different from an American trial, the uh, defendant and the lawyer are almost treated like separate parties. Uh, in the typical trial, uh, the prosecution will present a piece of evidence and the court will ask the defense lawyer what his opinion is. And they'll turn to the defendant and say, What's your opinion? So the defense lawyer generally doesn't speak on behalf of his client. It's quite, quite different. Um, and so when witnesses come to court, which is unusual, uh, the defendant would have an opportunity to ask them questions uh, as well as their lawyer. And being Xilai took the opportunity um, and probably used it in a way that uh, probably almost no other defendant could.
2: But, uh, yeah, I want to add a few uh, uh, couple of points. First of all, I think that the uh, defense lawyer did an excellent job, I think, uh, uh, along with the judge, and uh, 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 they really uh, performed very, very well. The Chinese social media actually reacted to that. And Bo uh, Xilai and, uh, and also collaborated with his lawyers in a very, very good manner. And uh, the, from the defense point of view, of course, it's much better that Bo Xilai to challenge with witness. So, uh, in one case, if uh, he asked plenty questions, the answer, all oh, no, really undermined the prosecution's, uh, uh kind of evidence, uh, uh, in this case. So I think it's uh, much better to let the Boshi lie to do that. But in other things, at the, you know, uh, particularly in the first day, uh, it was defense lawyers to argue that the Fukai Kai had mental problems rather than that the Boshi lie is. So this is also a good strategy, but unfortunately, in the, in the the third, uh, the second day, Boshi Lai also starts to criticize his wife. Uh, it sounds like a little bit, uh, in my view, it's not necessarily, uh, he can point on that. But uh, in terms of strategy, I think that the prosecution really made a mistake. They started with something, uh, uh, easy to prove guilty. So therefore, they, the, in the beginning, they talk about the 50, a thousand U.S. dollars, 80,000 U.S. dollars, that's a uh, bribery that Boshila received. Now, why did they choose that? Because Boshila admitted, and uh, he actually confessed. But then all of a sudden, in the court, Boshila said, no, I did that it's under under pressure, and uh, I now think that it's not true. So they he completely denied this 50,000, 80,000 in day one. Then if that could be denied, if prosecution could not prove that, what else he can prove? Right. So that was the really uh, a, a very good beginning for Bo Lai. This is, the, I think, the big big uh, you know, victory for him in terms of strategy.
0: What
1: did you make? Uh, I, and I don't, I don't know. Again, i I just <laughs> doing something I probably shouldn't do, which is just looking at Weibo. There was this, this discussion, uh, and something I noticed very early, the, the first picture of Bo Lai and, and I've stood next to him, and he's quite tall. So when I the first picture I saw of him with these two very tall policemen next to him, I said, "Wow, they've really kind of found the tallest policeman in all of Shandong." And then this morning, when I was skimming, there was this this discussion of one of the policemen is a professional basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from the Shandong team, they had a photo of him. I mean, that's is this, this something that's just being made up on Weibo, or is it true, and what does it mean about kind of the way they were thinking about the photo um, of Bo Xilai?
2: Well, I don't know whether it's a basketball or a player or not, but uh, I, I think over, that it was certainly... It over
1: two meters tall, by the way.
2: Sure, so the physical... Uh, uh in uh, you know, appearance is important. I think this is carefully chosen. And also, to add that, I read uh, somewhere is that the the, the, the route of the, the vehicles, you know, to go to the court, actually in these five days, they constantly change the venue, change the route to the court. That's uh, to tell you that how carefully they plan this trial. Uh, this is another evidence that it's very, very carefully planned.
1: Last question before I open it up to questions from our, our listeners, which is speculate on what you think the sentence will be and why they will choose that sentence.
2: Who do you want to go first?
1: <laughs> Not me.
2: <laughs> uh, let me go first. I uh, Based on uh, the previous cases and also the, the way the prosecution presented the case and also... Related cases against his wife and Wang Li Jing, I would say the most likely the sentence will be life imprisonment and also, uh, the other is the death penalty, uh, suspended death penalty like what happened to his wife. But it also could be lower to the 20 years. So, but I, most likely I will be either life imprisonment and, uh, uh suspended life, uh, suspended death penalty.
3: You know, Steve, in my training as a lawyer I was always taught never to answer a question that
2: starts <laughs> right.
3: Um and so I'm I to <laughs> speculate. Right. Um, so I'm reluctant um to to delve into that. you know, I think all of these are within the realm of possibility. I think it's more important that the court write a detailed judgment and use this as a an opportunity to educate the public. Uh I think it would be important both politically and for the rule of law to show that there was evidence that supports the conviction and the sentence. Um, uh, so, you know, how many years I think people will be trying to figure out what, what's, what's the appropriate sentence that sends the right message but doesn't make what she lie into a victim. Um, uh, and I, I really uh, hesitate to speculate on what that would be. But I think explaining the reasons tying it to the law, um, covering some of the holes that were poked in the case as to um, what's the evidence of his knowledge uh, of the bribes, what's his responsibility for money that was paid for the benefit of his uh, family. Um, I think it's important for them to explain those things uh, and to tie it to the evidence that maybe we we have heard or maybe we haven't heard yet. Any chance of an acquittal? (laughs) Well, you know, there have been so many surprises uh, in this case. I think it's highly, highly unlikely that we would get to this point and there would be a complete acquittal. Uh, Might there be an acquittal on, on, you know, one of the charges? Um, I even think that's unlikely.
2: Well, I agree. I agree. And uh, I think that uh, uh, if you look at these three areas, you know, the... Uh, the bribery, corruption, and abuse of power in terms of, uh, the, his wife's murder case, I think probably three will, uh, stand and will be convicted. And, but, uh, in terms of, uh, especially details, if we go to details about the, some of the, some of the bribery charges, maybe jobs, that's possible.
1: Let's open the floor to questions from our listeners.
0: See, at this time, we'll open the floor for questions. If you'd like to ask a question, you can do so by pressing star 1 on your touch screen phone now. Questions will be taken in the order in which they are received. If at any time you would like to remove yourself from the questioning queue, press star 2. Again, to ask a question, press star 1. Our first question will come from the John from Ford Motor Company.
4: Hello, this is uh, John Quatt. Uh, Hello, Chang. Uh, good to uh, have you on the call again and to hear your analysis. Uh would love to hear from either of you what you think happens to Bo Guagua once his student visa runs out.
2: Well, that's, that's a very good question. And uh, first of all, this is a few years down the road. I mean, in, in law school, it's a three years. And he uh, has numerous ways to get a visa extension. He can have another year and a half of practical training he asked us the political silence, and, uh, and et cetera. Now, uh, certainly that, uh, someone argued that, uh, because Bo Guagua was also involved in the case, that, uh, there's a possibility Chinese government may request certain things. But uh, we do not know. We do not have evidence. Certainly, if that's the case, uh, sounds like, a, a, a Chinese authority broke the deal with, uh, uh Gu Kai Lai. I don't know whether it's part of the deal with Bo Xi Lai. Probably not. But could it could very well be the deal with the uh, Gu Kai Lai to let her to con- compete uh, to cooperate. And uh, so uh, we do not know, but uh, I think it's the issue is not about the visa issue, but rather how the Chinese government will go further. But uh, I think uh, based on current evidence, I don't think they are willing, to, uh, they're going to do that far and, uh, to do that. First of all, it's very, very difficult. Second, the, the, uh, it's not the best interest from the leadership point of view. And uh, so my uh, sense is basically they will not touch that uh, that issue, although the Chinese public may make an uh, issue later on, a particular liberal intellectual. But uh, I don't think the leadership will go that far. Um,
3: well, to answer the question, I really have no idea. But I have to say that you have to have some sympathy. Um, when this, when all of this started, he was still a child. I think mean, he's of age now. Um, and, um, you know, despite the allegations of a very lavish life, lifestyle, um, I think you have to feel some sympathy for him uh, in this situation. But I, I, I'm very unclear what uh, the Chinese government would do. I, I thought there were reports that sometime before his uh, mother's trial that he was back in China, Um I'm not sure if those were, were confirmed or not.
1: Next question to
0: our next question comes from Director Charles Freeman
4: um, Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. yes. Um, uh, thanks guys. This is a, a, a great presentation and thanks Steve. as always, the community does a, a terrific job getting the best people to comment on the issues at the moment. Um, two kind of unrelated questions and, and one. Um, I won't ask Ira to speculate about this, but um, uh, I, I don't mind asking Chern to speculate on kind of follow-on, on particularly with Joe Young Kong and, and what you think that this means and how things are going for him and what you would anticipate looking for in terms of cues to see what the, what his state is going forward. And, and second, um, Ira, again unrelated, um, Churn brought up um, the question of, of you know, the, the the growing legal community in China and their role as kind of a separate interest group. And I, I you know, eat with or without respect to this immediate case, the extent to which which you see that developing um, in and around this case. Thanks. So,
2: Chung, do you want to go so first? Okay. Uh, these are excellent questions. I get, uh, good to hear from you and uh, town. Now, the first about the Zhou Yong Kang and uh, certainly... Uh, even from day one, Zhou Yongkang uh, was uh, uh, linked to that case based on rumors. For some of the rumors, certainly proved to be wrong, but that rumor continues. And but uh, le- uh, uh, in recent two, uh, months, certainly uh, there are several things that are not more than rumors. When actually two alternate members of Central Committee, these are the people who were elected at the 18th Party Congress last November altogether it's 370 uh, people. The two of them are really purged or, or under uh, uh, investigation and will be uh, uh, on trial. But both of them are related with Zhou Yongkang. One is the Sun uh, uh Deputy Party Secretary, and uh, the other is related with oil industry. Both are considered confidants to Zhou Yongkang. And uh, so that's not good news. But on the other hand, I I uh uh, uh, uh you, you, despite the fact that the leadership talk about uh, the, they should deal with the flyers and the tigers together crack down flyers and tiger together but it's always difficult to uh crack down uh tigers particularly a former power Bureau standing committee member which has a very strong ties with uh, many current leaders or uh, retired leaders so uh, uh again I have the contradictory information. But sometimes based on the previous cases, you can, uh, uh, you know, uh, crack down or arrest the, the portages of the senior leader, but, uh, let the senior leader themselves save or, or you know, excuse. So this could be the case. But I think, uh, uh, we do not have sufficient evidence that uh, they are going to target uh, Zhou Yong Kang at the moment. But uh, certainly, uh, what happened in the case of the arrest of his two confidants, certainly, uh, a step move towards that direction. But, uh, I, w- I will be a little bit cautious to jump to the conclusion that Zhou Yong uh, is under investigation. Now, second question about the legal professions. I, I do believe that the, the biggest winner from this case will be legal profession. Uh, but although, uh, whether this brushlight case is a turning point or not, I tend to think probably, uh, uh, it's not the whole thing about this, but even go back to Chongqing. And uh, when Fuji, uh, when uh, was in charge, China's legal profession already challenged him. So, uh, ultimately, we should see the, the, uh, the in, wait for a few more years to see whether there will be some other defining cases, probably even stronger or more, uh, much clearer than this case. We do not know, but certainly the legal profession will not stop arguing for justice and rule of law and the judicial independence. Now, they get something. <laughs> But also disappointed by other things. So, uh, uh, uh this is a, it's just a little bit too early to give the credit, uh, everything to this case because there are a lot of ambiguities, there are a lot of things really disappointing, but at the same time, the legal profession will get further momentum from, uh, even from the car itself.
3: Ira? Uh, yeah, Charles, thanks for the question. And It's great, great to hear from you. I hope our, our paths cross again soon. Um, well, I would, I, I'd like to give you, uh, say it was all one way or the other, but I'd just look at two names. If we look at the Zhuang, the who was persecuted in the Chongqing um, anti-mafia campaign and in contrast to Bo's trial, um, he was brought to trial so quickly and the issue was whether or not he had uh, caused his client or encouraged his client to bribe witnesses or uh, uh, to commit perjury and, there were no witnesses at Li Zhuang's trial and it was considered by the legal community to be a great miscarriage of justice and after he served the sentence on his first case he was charged again um, and then under pressure from uh, uh, senior party officials those charges were dropped. Well, Li Zhuang is now commenting publicly on the Boshi Lai trial as a legal expert. So this turn of events has certainly been a triumph for Li Zhuang and, and uh, I think, for lawyers generally. But at the same time, a few weeks ago, we learned about the arrest of Xu Drion. and Yong. Xu is, uh, has been a public interest lawyer who's been uh, advocating on behalf of the rule of law and most recently was active in a movement to uh, call on senior leaders to disclose their personal financial assets, which seems to be in line with the general anti-corruption campaign. But uh, the leaders of that Uh, movement have all been arrested, and Xu ji is one of them. So uh, I don't think there's one particular story about lawyers. Um, uh, I do think the legal community is growing and is growing in influence. And uh, one thing that I would say about the trial is I think it shows the importance of law and shows the importance of procedure. And it's, uh, you know, Hoi Fang made the comment in his blog about the case about the irony of Bo demanding at the beginning of the trial an adherence to procedure, an adherence to justice, when he had presided over the anti-mafia campaign where those values were really uh, not respected. So uh, I I do think that it will change uh, people's view of the importance of procedure. And it does strengthen the hand of, uh, the legal profession generally but it's not you know, uh, it's not all a bright picture. There's still some quite a... Can I
2: add one? Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Can I add? I agree everything has been said but I just want to add one thing. It's it's, uh, it's really quite interesting because this is also mentioned uh, by He Weifang in his recent blog post. This is some releases that the, 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 during the trial that the prosecution uh, tries to link to the motivation of the murder of Neil Hayward. They talked about right. the French villa, and it uh, sounds like the French villa is the case, it's the triggering factor. But what should I actually correct that? What should I ask the court, ask the, the prosecution? I mean, this is a bit, uh, kind of a strange that, uh, the, based on your previous accusation, that, uh, that uh, uh, Neil Hayward asked for uh, 10% of commission for about $10 million, uh, U.S. million. For something else, not for the, the French villa, nothing to do with the French villa. So this is really investment for prosecution. So Hehui found said, uh, actually in his block that, uh, yes, let's continue to, to find out what happened to this 10 million dollars, you know, uh, commission kickback. So there must lead to a lot of, a lot of things, but, the uh, court judge just simply did not, uh, follow up to that. So again, let's show, uh, the disappointment from the legal professions and uh, the limitations of the, of, uh, in this case. Even such important uh, uh, evidence, even Bo Xilai also wanted to, to bring the attention to that inconsistency but completely ignored by the court.
1: Isn't there an argument that the Li Drong case ultimately led to the downfall of Bo Xilai, that that persecution... Uh, created such resistance in Beijing because of who his partners are that it began the counter movement, which ultimately led to the investigation of Wang Lijun, which ultimately led to all the things that went on. And then if, if you think there, and obviously because it was a violation of the rule of law, his persecution.
2: No, no, this is me no. Because I'm very familiar with the Li Zhang case. I edited uh, He Weifang's book. It's available at the Brookings' website uh, called In the Name of Justice by He Weifang, and Brookings has published it. This, uh, we published it uh, uh, even before uh, uh, the Li Zhang, uh, 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 is when Bo Xilai was still in power, and you know, we prepared the manuscript. Now, Bo Xilai uh, fought not because of Li Zhang's things, although in no, no, that, it in that part case of he did not process. win. It was part no.
1: of the process that created antagonism in Beijing to him.
2: No, no, it's, a, it's a purely because of the incident of, of uh, uh, the murder case. Of course, uh, the, the, uh, his fall related with factional politics, uh, there are a lot of politicians do not like him, even the same faction probably also uh, have some reservation about the uh, Bo lie. as actually the Pringlings are the beneficiaries of, uh, uh, of the Bo Xilai's But uh, uh, they do not, the uh, case is not essential for them, and, uh, if that's the case, you really should be very, very excited about China's uh, legal profession. But the fact is that uh, it's not the case. Of course, that, uh, uh, in a very difficult position, China's legal profession still wants to challenge, uh, the leadership. The reason is because it's too costly, uh, in time, uh, even for, 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 for Xi continue to suppress legal profession. So he needs to get it back. But, uh, but on the other hand, the real fall is related with the factional politics, related with the with the murder case, not to do with the 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 the, the legal profession development. It's more political than legal. Yes.
1: Next question. Okay,
0: uh, uh, okay. Thank you. Our next question comes from National Committee member Roger Sullivan. Roger. Uh, yeah, hi. Yeah. Oh, this is Roger Sullivan. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: Roger. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, I uh, I was struck by the fact that the uh, the the,
1: co- the coverage in the Wall Street Journal about Lao Baixing's reaction to this was that they
4: still uh, supported Bo Xilai because uh, even though they knew he had enriched himself corruptly because he was effective as a leader and provided them with uh, prosperity and security in Chongqing. Now, my question is, uh, uh, are we... Uh, are we exaggerating the extent to which the corruption issue threatens the legitimacy of the CCP leadership? In other words, if if the CCP leadership provides uh, continues to provide uh, internal security and external security and growth and prosperity, uh, won't uh, most people in China tend to shrug off the corruption issue?
2: Well, uh, let me answer this question first, and. Um uh, first of all, we do not have reliable information how popular Bo Lai was and is. And, um, uh, my sense is that, uh, yes, he had some followers and, uh, Maoist uh, or New Left had some, uh, supporting group. But, uh, uh, uh I don't, uh, I, I don't think we should exaggerate. Uh, this is the Chinese people because Chinese society is very much divided. I used the way that the one on the, one extreme is a new left, the other extreme is liberal intellectuals, but somewhere in between, people, uh, uh majority people, uh, uh, certainly do not like Bo Xilai that much. And this case will continue to show, uh, give the more evidence, at least that Xilai did not uh, deny his wife's murder and, uh, and some of her family luxury life also for being anti-corruption. And certainly, uh, as we know, that case uh, he come out as not the, the, the most corrupt leader, actually. Relatively speaking, he's less corrupted. You even have difficulties to prove that uh, $50,000 bribery, and uh, he denied that uh, all these charges have nothing to do with him, to do, uh, to do with uh, his wife or to do with some other people. And uh, at least, that, as I said, that, uh, in the past eight or nine years, uh, you could not find any evidence for Shilai you know, involved with corruption. This is from the court, uh, uh, from the document of this. So that itself is quite uh, interesting. Uh, in a country, that corruption is so widely spread. Now, so that's why Maoists or New Lab think that uh, he's the wrong person to be charged with corruption. So therefore, they continue to support him. They think he is just a scapegoat of a political infighting. And uh, so in that regard, uh, the public resentment against per- corruption is uh, real. But at the same time, people want stability. They want to change their situation, not through revolution, but through uh, a gradual change. Now, apparently, Xi Jinping and Wang Qishan really emphasize coru- anti-corruption. So, from their perspective, view from majority people's view, it's still hopeful.
1: Are there anything on that, or go to the next question? Oh, let's just go to the
3: next question. I think Chung covered it beautifully.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes
4: from Ned Clinton with Ned Clinton Associates. Well, how are you? Thank you very much for the presentation. I enjoyed it. Um, Quick question. If we can put aside for a moment whether or not we, you know, this is indicative of, you know, more uh, judicial reform and maybe even political reform or something like that, and look at it clearly as a crisis management moment, Um, could we say that the way this whole thing has been handled shows a level of, in this new administration, sort of a level of competence slash sensitivity, if you will, uh, that we probably would not have seen in the previous administration, and that this, this may be a harbinger of things to come in a way of a level of sophistication on a range of issues, including the upcoming economic reforms.
1: I think that's a really
3: interesting um, observation um, and they certainly took some bold chances in how they handled the case um, but I look at other areas um for example how uh you know Xi Jinping when he first um, came to power, said that the Communist Party should tolerate uh sharp dissent uh but we are also witnessing a a continuous campaign uh to crack down on rights advocates, which is a holdover from uh, the when so stability maintenance uh, from the previous administration. So, and, and is not a, a deft or subtle way of, of handling social problems. So um, in terms of handling this case, as you know, we'll know better um, in a few weeks, but it seems like uh, maybe this was a very deft way of handling a particular crisis. But in terms of um, handling the broader sort of social management issues, they still seem to be, uh, using the same old playbook. Uh,
2: let me add, uh, 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 uh I think it's an excellent question. The, certainly that the leadership has failed to uplift the public confidence of the system, but at the same time they did relatively well in terms of tr- crisis management. And, uh, because after 18 months, the public is not crazy about that, uh, that case. And, uh, what the public like is the economic, uh, growth and, uh, the opportunity, uh, uh to, uh, uh, fulfill so-called Chinese dream. Now, the, in that regard, leadership, uh, uh, the timing of the trial and also recent announcement of the November meeting, which is, will be very important meeting for China's economic development, certainly Fulfill that uh, 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 really in an ideal way in terms of timing. Now, but at the same time, you can also say that it build up the expectation. If you really cannot deliver, you know, in November, for real, the so bold liberal economic policies to to challenge the current economic slowdown, to crack down the state-owned enterprises, to really make the financial liberalization real, then people will think will be further disappointed and on the political front you really do not have a very clear case to present economic front you still cannot deliver so you also uh, could be a very very dangerous situation so this all make us to, to pay attention to the November meeting so in a way the leadership uh, postpone a major crisis but really really not fundamentally resolved that problem the problem is that the Bush-like case reveals some of the fundamental flaws of the Chinese political system. You need to have a bold political reform to do that. But certainly from leadership perspective, they are very nervous. They think that uh, if we do that political reform, we'll be out of control. Now, they have a good point. Therefore, they wanted to carry out economic things to lift up public confidence. So let's see whether they can do that. Next question.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes from University of St. Thomas of Houston, Texas, Mr. William J. Cunningham.
4: Yes, and good afternoon. To what extent, if any, does this trial represent an improvement in the rule of law of an enduring nature uh, in the PRC, if any? Uh, and what uh, image to the external world does it give of the rule of law? the PRC? Or what must we wait for the sentence and the judgment uh, to be written out by the court? Thank you.
3: Well, I think there are uh, things about this trial that if they were generalized to uh, all criminal trials would show uh, improvement in the rule of law in China. The fact that so many witnesses were brought to court court were subject to uh, vigorous cross-examination uh, that uh, there was a spirit of defense. I think uh, one got the sense from observing as much of the trial as we could that Bo Lai had his day in court, and I think that's an important value. But uh, I think you used the word in your, in your question, enduring, and I think this would have to be generalized to other cases where uh, there was enough of a robust procedure where people would feel they had their day in court, which doesn't happen in most cases, um, so uh, is this a one-off case? Is this um, sui generis because of who Bochilai is and because he still has may have allies uh, in high places? Or uh, is this going to be generalized? I think it's unlikely that it's going to be generalized uh, soon. Um, but I do think that it will create uh, higher expectations by lawyers and participants in the system uh, for a more robust rule of law.
2: But uh, let me add, I think a country's movement towards rule of law, or constitutionalism, is a process, not an event. And um, uh, so I think that even without that case, China's legal profession really very, very actively push for change. And uh, they are the force of the change. They are the driving force of the change, not from the leadership, not from one individual case. And uh, certainly, that case has a lot of flaws, and uh, some of the most important issues are not really addressed in the court, and there's a lot of problems. And also, from the political perspective, we heard a lot, uh, you know, uh, uh, from the official media that uh, criticism against the constitutionalism. So the battle is uh, uh, going on, and ultimately, I do believe that the, those four. Uh, argue for constitutionalism, judicial independence will win, but it may take some time. And uh, I think the uh, Borshila case is only one episode in that process, probably not even the defining episode.
1: I need to apologize to those whose questions we have not reached, but we have now reached the end of our time. I want to thank both Chung and Ira for. A fascinating, fascinating hour. It was really terrific, and I'm sure this is not the last we've heard about the Borsi-Lie trial. We should reconvene <laughs> when the verdict comes out. <laughs> but, again, thank you all very much for joining
0: us this afternoon, and thank you both for giving so generously. Thank you. Time. Thank you.